3: From the Berkshires to the sound. From wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker.
4: Welcome into the podcast and I'm your host, Rob Parker. What a great show we have for you today. We're going to talk with former Yankees catcher Jim Leyritz, who had one of the biggest... World Series home runs in Yankee history. We'll talk about that. Plus, getting robbed and why baseball is better than the NBA and NFL. That and much more. Let's go. Better up.
3: To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep them up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball.
4: Number one. Pitchers and catchers are arriving at spring training in both Florida and Arizona. Yes, indeed. Baseball is back, baby. The Super Bowl is all done. Football is pushed to the side. And Major League Baseball will start to spread its wings for the season to start in late March. But uh, spring training can't wait. So much to uh, talk about and uh, renewed spirit in the game and all that. But also... MLB has new rules that uh, are officially being unveiled this week at spring training. So uh, there is the arrival of the pitch timer. Restrictions on extreme infield shifts and bigger bases are the most significant alterations to the MLB uh, rules in decade. Like this is going to be different. And so uh, that's why MLB is using this week the start of spring training to demonstrate uh, the new rules uh, for the media and uh, also for the fans so they have a better idea of what to expect with the start of the season. And just a few little notes, okay, so the pitch timer to create a crisper pace of the game. There'll be a 30-second timer between batters and then a 15-second timer between each pitch with the bases empty and 20-second timer... Between each pitch with runners on base, so that's what they're trying to do: speed it up a little, a little bit. Not crazy about a pitch clock, but I guess it's here. This part I'm good with, which is the shift restrictions, and basically you have to have two players on each side of the bag. You can move them, but they can't be on the uh, the shortstop and second shortstop and third baseman have to stay on that side of the second base bag, and the first baseman and second baseman have to stay on that side of the bag, and they can't go over and shift all the way where you have three or four guys on one side of the infield. So those days are over, which is good. The shift took away too many many hits, and we didn't have enough action on the base pass, too many home runs or strikeouts. So I love that. And the last one is the bases are now bigger, 18 inches uh, on each side instead of the traditional 15 inches on each side. This allows players more room to operate around the bases and reduce the risk of uh, injuries. There was a 13% decline, according to Major League Baseball, on injuries near the bases in the minor leagues last year with the use of the larger bags. So there you go. Your dad's baseball has changed. My baseball has changed, and we have to live with it. Number two. Bad news already for the Yankees coming into spring training. Right-hander Frankie Montas is already injured. He has a shoulder injury and uh, is going to have surgery on his right shoulder, his pitching shoulder, and uh, Yankees manager, Aaron Boone said on Wednesday it's possible that the right-hander could return in the second half of the season. Uh, his surgery is scheduled for uh, next Tuesday, and uh, he's already expected to miss. He had some lingering discomfort and inflammation in his uh, shoulder. Uh, Montas, who is, uh will turn 30 in, in March, is eligible for free agency after this season. He was 5-12. and 12. With the 4.05 ERA and 27 starts last year for the A's and Yankees. Remember, he was traded from the A's to the Yankees and um, started eight games for the Bronx Bombers. He was 1-3 with a 6.35 ERA. Obviously, he's not a top-of-the-rotation guy, but you hate to see someone uh, have to have surgery and then the hopes of maybe him making it back for the second half Of the season. Number three. And say it isn't so. Rangers ace Jacob DeGrom. Has run into his first speed bump already. The first day of spring training. That's right. He felt a little tightness. On his left side during a bullpen session. Um, A couple days earlier. This was announced on Wednesday. uh, The Arizona temperatures were in the high 30s and low 40s. The field conditions were poor with some rain and and hail and whatnot. But anyway, felt some uh, tightness. They're going to hold him back a day or two. And you know, when he pitched for the New York Mets, a lot of injuries in his career. That was the thing that really stopped people from, you know, thinking that he was the best pitcher in baseball because he couldn't stay healthy. And already, you know, day one. The Rangers gave him a historic contract, uh, a five-year, $185 million contract in December. The right-hander, as you know, a two-time Cy Young Award winner and a four-time All-Star with the Mets. But here's the, the, the caveat. He hasn't made more than 15 starts in the season since 2009. And uh, so here we are right here with the start of spring training and a bump in the road for Jacob DeGrom. No, no. Uh, you know, despite the setbacks, the Rangers say they are not worried about any long-term or short-term health about DeGrom entering this season.
5: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo!
7: I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
4: Oh, it's so good. All right, now let's welcome in Jim Leyritz, who was a catcher, infielder, and outfielder in the major leagues. Uh, played for the New York Yankees, the Angels, the Rangers, the Red Sox, the Padres, and the Dodgers in his career. And won two World Series, 1996 and 1999. Hey, Jim, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you having me. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, hey Jim, let's start here. Spring training is underway. Pitchers and catchers are arriving in Florida and Arizona, and baseball has unveiled some, you know, rule changes, including the pitch clock. Uh, The uh, shift is no longer going to be allowed where you could pile up three or four guys on one side of the infield. And also the bases are bigger. What do you make of the pitch clock? Are you in favor of this?
8: You know what? To be honest with you no. I mean the bottom line for me is, you know, I, I when I go to a football game, I know it's going to be three and a half hours. When I go to right. a baseball game, I know it's going to take three to four hours to play. So I, I'm not going to be surprised. I get it that you know some people don't like the length of these games sometimes and the amount of pitching changes. But I I don't like all the the, the changes and everything else. And I always felt like, especially watching the last four or five years with all these shifts and everything else is if I was playing and there wasn't that much of a side of an infield open, I knew how to hit a baseball through that, that hole. And you know what? I didn't mind getting a base hit and giving my team an opportunity to go to, to score a run. And I just, I was blown away the last few years uh, with, with the way hitting has gone with the launch angles, with the amount of strikeouts that are happening uh, to me, it's just a different game and I don't like it.
4: Yeah. I, I'm with you, Jim, on, on a lot of that, the pitch cloud. I'm with you. Most baseball fans understand when they go to the ballpark and if the game goes long, you know what I do? I get in my car and listen to the rest of it driving home. Don't, yeah. Right? Exactly. I, exactly. I don't,
8: I, mean, I don't, it's, it's, you know, it's whatever football game goes to overtime. Do you just leave? I mean, no, you stay till the end. Cause it's exciting, you know? And, uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting. Like I said, it's a different perspective. I think as a base, if you really love the game of baseball, you you don't want all these rules and all these changes to happen.
4: The only thing I will say now, I'm I'm, I'm against the pitch timer and the bases. If you know three inches, that doesn't change anything. But the shift, right. I I kind of agree with from this standpoint. It took away a lot of hits, and and I get it. Yes, you can go the other way. But do we really want to go to a ballpark where guys are dribbling the ball down third base, you know what I mean, just to get on base? I, I want to see the best players get a chance to swing the bat. And when you put four guys on one side, I think you wind up making it, Jim, where you can't get hits like guys who normally would get a hit in the first base hole, right? There's a guy sitting there, right? So, yeah. no, so I, that no,
8: I, I agree with the – as far as not putting a – second baseman out in short right center field. right like you're playing softball yeah, exactly i you know i don't i don't mind if you know if you got if you got the first baseman the second baseman and then the shortstop playing over second base to me that's not a big deal but yeah i mean to have a guy playing short center or you know it, it, it reminds me of the days that we got one extra guy in softball that he could play right behind second base and cut, right and cut everything in the middle off so that would be a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, I, I do I do think the shift change is going to bring back some excitement and a little bit more, like you said, the ability for those left-handed hitters to get some more hits.
4: No doubt, and that's what we would love. We're talking with Jim Leyritz, who, of course, broke in with the uh, New York Yankees in 1990 and uh, played there for seven seasons, won two World Series. And, and, Jim, you weren't going for singles. You had a couple big uh, home runs in your baseball career. N- nothing bigger, I-, I think, than that uh, home run in Game 4, 1996 World Series at uh, Atlanta. And you remember that World Series. You guys were down 2-0. Atlanta beat you up pretty bad the first two games. You trailed 6 nothing in Game 4. And uh, you came up and hit a big three-run home run off of Mark Wohlers. Uh, can you take me back through that? Is that still one of your greatest memories playing baseball?
8: Oh, and especially at this point in my life, because when you look back on that now and you see that '96 team, the 96 home run that I hit that changed the entire World Series, and then the fact that we went on to win that series, uh, and what it did for the future of the Yankees. Not only did it, uh, when the Yankees lost in 1997, George Steinbrenner was ready to fire Joe Torre. He was ready to trade Mariano Rivera. And he walked into Gene Michael's office and said, get rid of these guys. And Gene Michael said, wait a minute, did you forget about last year? And George said, okay, I'll give him one more year.
1: <laughs> Is
8: that a, That's a great story. The New York Yankees in 1998 without Joe Torrey, without Mariano Rivera, and where that history may have changed had that team not been kept together to go on to win three more World Series the next three years. So to me, I look back on it now and go, you know what? Yes, that home run changed the history, not only of the New York Yankees, but also of the Atlanta Braves, who never got back until last year or two years yep. ago. You know. That- so for me, I think that's when I look back now and go, wow. It, I didn't think it was that important at the time. But, man, I look back at it now and realize there may have not been a Derek Jeter day or a Mariano Rivera day or even an Andy Pettit, Paul O'Neill day, had that 96 team not won and did what we did in 96 to keep that core together so they could win on go on to win all those championships.
4: That is a great uh, story right there uh, with George and being mad at everything. But you're right. I mean, that was the l- linchpin Because the Yankees hadn't won in 17 years until 96. And that team was amazing. Again, I said it. They were down 2-0, got destroyed at home the first two games, and then won all three in Atlanta, came back, closed it out. Game six, Yankee Stadium. Charlie Hayes catching that pop-up, right, off of third base. Do you remember that? And uh, John Wetland uh, was the closer for the Yankees. And Mariano was a setup man people don't even remember.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it. And and, you know, the thing that I laugh about all the time, with Daryl strawberry is, you know, straw and I were actually up in the, in the locker room, just taking swings off, off the batting tee, just in case we had to be ready to hit. uh, If we kept going, if we kept playing and all of a sudden the first pop up to Charlie Hayes at third base and he goes for it. And the bat boy comes out of the dugout and gets in the way. And he misses it. Right. So why? As soon as we saw that ball go up in the air, we sprinted it down to run out on the field because we thought that was the last out. So, as superstitious as we were, when we didn't catch that one, Straw and I walked right back up into the locker room and waited again. And then, sure enough, the same exact pop up almost, but this time Charlie Hayes was able to catch it. And then we had the big celebration on the field.
4: No doubt. Those were, those were when the Yankees were just turning the corner and all the players that were there. Let me talk about the current Yankees, and uh, they have a, 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 a superstar in Aaron Judge, set the American League record for home runs, was thrilling last year, 62. I mean, can you imagine when you talk about the Yankees and the all-time uh, home run leader for the Yankees is not Babe Ruth, is not Roger Maris, it's Aaron Judge. Did you enjoy last season and what he was able to do?
8: Yeah, and I especially enjoy it when you have a kid as humble as he is. That's uh, one of the things that I loved about him is, is his humbleness all through this whole thing. And you know, it, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, it, it kept the Yankees going um, into the late season when you know when when they pretty much knew that they were going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but but again, to, to watch him break that record, to see him, you know, <laughs> just handle it the way he did. Uh, I was very. It was very exciting to watch
4: him play last year. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Uh, and and people, uh, you know, some people were saying that Shohei Ohtani was the MVP and he should be the MVP every year because he pitches and and he hits and we get it. You know, we've never seen that. But Jim, don't you have to win too? I, I just thought like well, to. Where are you on yeah. that? Yeah. No, I where I, I tell you where I'm at more than anything.
8: Is Shea Otani didn't put his career, his contract on the line and go, no, I don't want your 100 200 million, 300 million. I'm going to go make more and I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to have the best year. And by the way, Yankees, you want me to go play center field for 80 games? Hey, shit, I'll, I'll do that too. You know? And, and for what he did last year, for the amount of pressure that he put on himself for not by rejecting that contract, and then to go out and do what he did, and not only do have a great year, but also break a record that the, it was held in the American League forever, and to have that, I can't imagine how, if I was a voter for the MVP, how I would even consider Otani in the running with a player that did that. And put and, and play through
4: that much pressure the entire season. Exactly, it was incredible. And now, as I said, you won two World Series with the Yankees. The Yankees have not won a World Series since two thousand nine. Uh, they're overdue. Uh, do you like what they've done in the offseason? And can they can they get there? They they they've been to the uh, ALCS a few times over the last couple of years. Just can't haven't been able to get past the Astros.
8: Yeah, you know what it's it's the same thing. It's if you cannot get past the Astros, you know, it's it's disappointing for every New York fan, but then when you look back on it and go, you know what? They're they're there every year. They're winning 100 games during the season. So maybe some of the things that need to change is their mindset once they get to the postseason that they have to maybe have a little different mindset going into that than they do during the season when they're just trying to hit home runs. And you know, if you're able to win a lot of games against the third, the fourth, and the fifth starter, let's figure out a way to beat that number one and number two guy when we can't hit the home run every single time. Let's learn to, to put the ball in play, to move a runner over, to sacrifice ourselves to be able to win a, a close game because we haven't been able to do that with the Astros.
4: No doubt. His name is Jim Leyritz. He's hit some big bombs in the major leagues, and we appreciate the insight, and thanks. Spring training is here, Jim. I'm excited. I know you are. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road, buddy. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me.
6: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. That's right.
7: Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter.
3: Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even
4: close. Reason number 1,003 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL is because of the preseason. Only baseball people care about spring training games in Florida and Arizona. Football, we don't even, who wants to watch preseason football Nobody cares about NBA preseason. That's why they only play like three or four or ten games or eight games in the NBA and three in, in the NFL. Major League Baseball has 30 games for spring training. People are into it. Do you ever see the stadiums in Florida and Arizona? People schedule their vacations around going to these parks and, in, in, in these uh, uh, warm weather to get out of the cold and to watch some baseball and get ready for the start of the Major League Baseball season. I love it. Spring training is here. It'll just be a few days or a few weeks before we get uh, uh, regular uh, spring training games going and we'll be able to watch them. And uh, see the new players and see the new teams and the the, the new rosters and get ready for the regular season. Yes, baseball is the winner when we talk about preseason. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This
3: could be an inside the parker. See you next week. Same bad time.
4: Same bad station.